Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Today, we do a deep dive on legacy characters. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. All right. So, um, so this is a detail that comes up with astonishing frequency in past conversations of ours. Um, I love this idea, Frank. I know you adore this idea. I think we all do. I do. Honestly, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll explore in greater detail uh, legacy characters. So uh, when I think of this, I think uh, comics mostly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm sure there are instances where this this applies in other media, but um, you know, I think I think comics kind of does it best, or that's where it shines. So you know, we'll, we'll stay on comics for a little bit, and we'll jump to other media towards the back half of the show. So uh, I'm gonna lob it over to you guys. What do you guys like about it? What works? What's cool? Go for it. Oh, can I say my favorite rendition of a legacy character? At least what I was introduced firsthand as far as sure. Uh the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew Jay Garrick existed. I thought Barry <laughs> was the one and only. And then mm-hmm. looking back at the past and seeing that the Flash wore a tin hat and looked like Hermes a bit more was yes. astonishing in my opinion. Um or the F- mm-hmm. FTD floral bouquet guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's got to get those flowers there fast. I know, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew he ran him door to door, you know? Yes. Right. Otherwise, he won't get tipped. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was Barry and um, his predecessor, which was Kid Flash, um, Wally West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That made me think that. Yeah. No, so that's one of my favorites, too. When I was thinking about the uh, getting the notes together for this episode, I was thinking of that's the, the earliest one that I could think of. At least mm-hmm. in comics, was the okay. idea that because Barry, um, Barry is the one that basically is reading. They like they flash back, or it might be a more modern thing. But the idea that Barry was flashing back to the idea of, of reading, like um, the whole you know the, the 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 trope of reading under the sheets with a with a with a flashlight, reading old Flash comics with Jay Garrick in them, long mm-hmm. before he becomes the Flash, not realizing that that those stories or um, those adventures basically are being broadcast into the writers on earth one <laughs> that's, that's like a story that's how they, they basically rationalize it later as opposed to just like, yeah, we just wrote stories and happened to be close to what the adventures were. Um, but yeah, he read all these stories as a kid right. about Jay Garrick. And maybe it's one of those things where it's subconsciously affected him to the idea of like, I'll be the flash myself when I get these superpowers. So, right. So let's, let's run a comb really quick through what you're saying. So initially, mm-hmm. right. Jay Garrick, existed as a as a flash comic book character in wally west universe this is a pre-crisis right so no, conventionally in, in, barry, what we, in barry allen's right 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 yeah right okay sorry i i, I said it backwards right so That's conventionally a, i think people think right mm-hmm. that jay garrick was the flash prior to barry allen becoming the flash Right. It's right. part of the jsa that's something right. that comes about you know in in the 80s right that's something yes. that's right okay Right. Post-crisis is one of those things where the, it's before the idea that we had Earth 1 and Earth 2 mm-hmm. in the Silver Age and then the early part of the modern. And then once we have the idea that, um, you know, once we have post-crisis, it's the idea that, that Barry basically, you know, all those events take place on the same Earth. But before that, it was the idea that Barry had read, the, read those comics as a kid. Right. So, yeah, that's the, and then of course he's inspired to be the Flash once he gets the powers. Obviously, he doesn't wear the the tin hat and and all that good stuff because mm. he wasn't in World War One. <laughs> so, right, yeah. This this was my first encounter with it too. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty sure my first like conscious encounter of it. Um, the older I get, I realize that, you know, a lot of like the Batman and Robin that I was into at the time mm-hmm. really was Jason Todd. Yeah. So, so I mean, so technically I think really like that, like Robin might've been the first like legacy character, right? Because, you know, sure. Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing in 84. Right. And so when I'm thinking about like Batman and Robin, I always think Dick Grayson is Robin, but like really truthfully, like most of my childhood, Jason Todd was actually Robin. Right. <laughs> during that period, you know? Sure. Um, but anyway, but, but, you know, putting casting that aside really quick. Yeah. I mean, Wally West being the flash was the first instance for me of a, of, uh, I was, I'm the guy that is now second or third in line before somebody else did this as the flash before me. Right. 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 Yeah. And for me also kind of the gold standard, I think, as far as it being done in comics, I think, I think that, uh, that run of Wally West books in the nineties and the early two thousands. I think like, I think really like legacy is an important aspect of all of those books. Sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Wally, Wally is very, very much the idea of, you know, you're going to be a kid and then one day you're going to surpass your mentor and then you're going to be what your mentor was. You know, that to mm-hmm. me, that's, that's cause again, you know, as you mentioned, Dick Grayson, Dick was like, that's cool. I don't want to be Batman. I'll be my own thing. And right. even goes so far as to take the name of, of, you know, originally, you know, I don't know what the inspiration is now for Nightwing, but originally <laughs> right. it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, originally he had just taken it because when Superman was in the bottle city of Candor, you know, he's Nightwing and Flamebird. He has, he has like a Batman type identity because he has no powers there and he was Nightwing. Mm. Right. Him and Jimmy Olsen had to solve a crime in Candor. <laughs> right. So they just assumed right. Batman and Robin like identities. Exactly. So they would put on <laughs> these costumes and, and have a dom- each would have their domino mask and they would be Nightwing and Flamebird. So for whatever reason, Dick was like, no, I'm inspired by, by Superman to take that <laughs> yep. name. Not I would be Batman, which is very telling. Right. But Wally was like, from the jump, Wally was a fan of of Barry of the flash, not knowing he was at that point, his aunt Iris was the one who took him to meet, you know, stodgy old Barry Allen, the nerd mm-hmm. with a bow tie who, you know, work with you know, in a lab, wasn't even a regular cop, you know, right. he was a scientist. And then was also, you know, Barry pulls a trick of, well, I'm going to pretend to be the, you know, I'm going to run around this door real fast and put on my flash costume. And then I'm going to introduce you to the flash. Mm-hmm. And then Wally gets the same exposed, the same chemicals and lightning that the flash did that Barry did. And then right, grows up right. to be Kid Flash, and then eventually becomes the Flash. Yeah, and like and like we were saying, like he like Barry is is his presence is felt in those books, even even without like like they don't go to the well a lot, really, as far as like you know seeing like flashback stuff of of conversations that he had with Barry and and stuff like that. Like you don't see a lot of like flashback scenes. You don't see a lot of, there's not a lot of like force ghosting of Barry, like showing up, right? Not, it's just not for, no, not for a while because they want it there early on. It's a combination of Wally being afraid of, of surpassing and or um, replacing Barry, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. versus the, versus the idea of just, I think DC at that point wanted what they had done in crisis to stick. Mm. So, so there was a definitely a feeling of let's move on to the next thing. Right. Right. Or mm-hmm. the next character that's with the same name. So I just think that it's a neat, it's, it's kind of like, it's a neat narrative trick where he's, his, his presence is felt so much without him, like, like really actually showing up a lot. Oh, yeah. right? he, I'm not going to say oh, it's zero. Sure. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a pinnacle, you know, Wally West 
story that's you know the return of barry allen it's one of the you know some of the right. finest comic book reading you'll ever do but it's like you know i feel like <laughs> right. i feel like today like like this dynamic you would see barry pop up in flashback after flashback after flashback just to sort of like mm-hmm. keep his presence there and i just think it's kind of neat that he's he's there without really doing a there. whole lot with him you know yeah. yeah oh yeah there's not again there's not a lot of i mean he looms like his character looms mm-hmm. largely within the within the first couple of years of that book when you have Mike Barron and then you also have um, William Mesner lobes right in the book. It's mm-hmm. definitely the, the idea that Wally he's talked about even, you know, there's even an issue where the rogues get together and they court, they sort of kid Wally about the idea that, you know, you know, you're kid flash. You're not really the flash, you know, right. we'll kind of take, we'll kind of take it easy on you. Cause we, 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 you know, we had so many things go on with, with Barry, with, with your, with your predecessor. But yeah, I mean, there's not really, he's not without being in it, without being heavy on the flashback, heavy on, you know, all that kind of storytelling. It's not till Wade comes on. And like you said, with the, with the mm-hmm. return of Barry Allen, that you really get that first glimpse of the idea of like, okay, maybe Barry's been gone long enough that we can actually show him again. Right. You know, and then that story, you know, plays out. So, mm. so, so what is it like, Frank, what, what is it that you like about this idea? So it's, I mean, it's something you bring up a lot. I do. What's a, what's attractive about the idea to you? Well, for me, I mean, we when we again, when I was thinking about notes and thinking about just legacy characters in general, I started thinking about, I started thinking about the Silver Age mm. and the idea that, you know, when, when, you know, Julius Schwartz, the editor at the time, thought there was a lot of, my, you know, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman have been pretty much, you know, published throughout DC's time. They didn't really go away, but the other characters went away um, when superheroes kind of took a downturn and they were doing like romance and war and monster comics and all that stuff was going on. But he saw value in the idea of names like, you know, Green Lantern and The Flash and Hawkman and, and The Atom and, you know, and he thought, well, we could do something with this. We just have to put a more sci-fi or futuristic spin on what we had done before in order to make it work. And for me, it was the idea that, you know, that, that idea of characters enduring, you know, or, mm. character, or, or, or something that we can basically look at and be like, oh, yeah, there's, there's mileage in this, even if it's not the same thing we've done before. Plus, the other thing about what I love about legacy characters is my, you know, some of my earliest collecting of comics was trying to figure out or trying to get issues that had a lot of characters from like Earth 1 and Earth 2 together. So okay. I could try and, try and establish what was the connections between these characters. How do they know each other? Why was there two Green Lanterns? Why was there two Flash? Why wasn't there another Dr. Fate? Why wasn't there two Wildcats? You know, right. that kind okay. of thing. I got gotcha. you. That was a lot of my early collecting of comics was just trying to get, because at that time, you know, hate to break it to you kids. There was no internet. You know, there was no <laughs> way to, there was no easy way to like, well, what, what's the deal with Ted Grant? Let me look on the internet for an hour and a half and get, you know, fall down a YouTube hole of information <laughs> right. about Wildcat. You had to wait till, you know, an issue came up or someone talked about him or he's in a Brave and the Bold or a DC Comics Presents right. or whatever. Or there's an editor's note. Right. <laughs> an editor's note. Exactly. So that was a, that was the case. So for me, it was just you know I, I knew there was a universe, and I wanted to know as much as I could about it. And the only way to do that was to buy comics that had a million characters. In. Like all the like the JLA JLA JSA crossovers were big for me because I knew I'd get like you know fifteen to twenty characters that I might have never seen before. Right, Tommy Clifton, what what's attractive about it to you guys? What is it you like about it? I mean, I like the store. I like. I like the shorthand. Like you come in, you know enough about characters already just from them being a legacy. Like you kind of know what to expect mm-hmm. partly, but then you also get those stories like Wally West and, and like you were saying, Zach, like that was my introduction. Like I didn't know there was a Jay Garrick 
<laughs> for for mm. a long, long time. But I did know there was a Barry Allen and then a Wally West. So that was my introduction to legacies that way. And 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 the fact that the story was about like how do you honor the person before you? I've always mm-hmm. liked. Or how do you how do you break tradition like if you need to from the person before you? I like that the stories were always about transition, about about you know, about the legacy of the character, as we call them legacies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean that's always what I liked about it. And and as as it goes, like you kind of got, you know, you get whole families and and yeah, you you just know what to expect from a Robin. You know what to expect from right. a Green Lantern. So it does some heavy lifting to get you into the story and get you to the meat of characters. Right. Like what's different about this one and what's different about the next one. Yeah. And I say going along with what Clifton was saying, to me, I also like that, but it gave me a contemporary take on a um old idea without mm-hmm. having to retcon it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I like the fact that it kept validity and like um you know, like uh, um how can I put it? It kept the original pristine without belittling it, you know? Um Yeah. It it sort of made you want to seek out the uh what made the older one um good in his time and it kept that kept it for it time for that time. It made me um appreciate the older one better. And I, I like that feeling as opposed to taking that same character and making him new in today's times just seem weird and disjointed. Instead of just right. making the character uh, a, a a new character altogether. It it allows new stories while keeping the same subset and basically what made that character that character, you know? Yeah. There's a nice kind of cleanup that it does on the character too. This is, this is an idea that just kind of came to me as you were talking that like, it is a nice, like you can, you can suddenly now make a character, uh, uh, like one thing in a memory, right. In a, like, like Hal Jordan is known for this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you can kind of, kind of clean up a little bit of like like stuff you kind of want to ignore or stuff that like didn't make sense about the character like in the past right you can sort of like run a comb through things and be like okay like this this is what this is this is like kind of the core truth of the character like in this moment and now it's like when when you could put the character's legacy in a sentence that 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 the that the follow-up character says (laughs) right right I think I think it's it's got kind of like a cool like like uh, uh ordering process, you know, just kind of like making everything neat and tidy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking off. The, like I said, like it is it's not it's not like a f- fully baked idea. Like it just sort of like came to me as as you guys were talking. But um, one of the things I like about it too is I liked it sort of as a side effect. You get time mm-hmm. as 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 a as a bullet point to this because comics especially I think unless you're reading a specific character's run where there is like a beginning, middle and end to it. Comics are kind of like, you can kind of pick up cherry pick left and right. And there's no real rhyme or reason to this story happened before this one, before that one. Right. There's only like a couple of instances where like, it's obvious, right? Like Batman year mm-hmm. one is supposed to be like the first story. Right. right. But I like that legacy kind of gives you sort of like a linchpin in a character's history that like, okay, like always, right. There are these stories that happen before, before, uh, Barry Allen dies. And then Wally West takes over. Sure. Right. 
you do, mm-hmm. you get you get kind of an ordering side like like side effect by that, and I think that that's kind of neat too. I like I like when time can get inserted into comic book things when when so much of the the medium is really just like exists on like people picking up and carrying on with the characters after people have touched them and moved on, right? Like right. That's kind of, that's that's one of the selling points of comics, right? That like you know they. Bruce Wayne is always Batman and that like, you know, when somebody's done with, with that character, somebody else is going to pick it up and Bruce Wayne's still going to be Batman and it's going to continue for 80 years. Sure. We hope. Right. But yeah, I think it just brings a natural longevity to a character without mm-hmm. having to um, change it often. I mean, wrong. Uh, great. Uh, I, I like those characters that haven't received um, their supposed legacy, like the 80 year old mm-hmm. Batman. But it's just mm, right. more explaining as to why he's stuck in time as opposed to having someone um, organically take the mantle over, especially when you've already seen it to a bunch of characters. Um, but wasn't but I was confused a bit. It's when I saw the Flash debut. Didn't um, DC go through a period in which it changed all his characters like that? Like what you saying? Earlier? Yeah, I mean, this was this was something that when I th- when I think legacy characters, I think I do think DC because I think that there was a period when in my youth when I was getting really into comic books and getting really into this stuff, I felt like legacy was represented a little better in DC in the '90s and the early 2000s than Marvel was doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do think that there were there there was a period also like later on where I think I think when I think of the companies now, I think that they're kind of like neck and neck. Okay. Because Marvel's introduced a lot of legacy to their characters too. And 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 really like kind of in a short period of time, relatively, um, when I think about it. You know, but I don't know what you guys are thinking about. You guys have been, you know, ha- have been reading a little bit longer and more vast, you know, vast things than I have too. So I think that you guys have a little bit of a different opinion about it, possibly, I think, than I do. Yeah, I mean, both in the Silver Age, when DC first started their legacy thing, they did a little earlier, like with Flash to G- to Jay Garrick, to um, Alan Scott, to Hal Jordan, the Green Lanterns. Marvel also dabbled in it slightly in that they revisited some old heroes and then just made new versions like Human Torch. You had a Golden Age mm-hmm. Human Torch, mm-hmm. and then you have Silver Age, Johnny Storm, Fantastic Four Human Torch. They have the same powers. They have the same name, but they're not connected. Uh, and so Marvel decided not to make that connection at the time that DC did between Barry Allen and Hal Jordan. And then the next mm-hmm. big kick you get of legacy, I think, like we were talking, is is post-crisis. Because then you've got DC cleaning up a lot of what they had decided to explain as alternate timeline stuff and alternate realities, alternate Earths to kind of make like, how do we get all these different earth characters to coexist in one place? And then you, you kind of got legacies that way. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you were also getting like crisis. The storyline brings in a new Dr. Light, uh, right. Of the yeah, same name, right, same yeah. outfit, but mm-hmm. now this one's not bad. Like that one was. And, right. and then you get, when was infinity incorporated? Frank, was that like late eighties? Um, it's right around the time of, it's right before because because Roy Thomas like was in control of like All Star Squadron mm-hmm. and Infinity Inc. So it's right around eighty three, eighty four. Okay, so yeah, around the same time then is like leading up to Crisis. Sounds like you started right. getting some new versions of of like Wildcat 
and mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that's kind of being represented now in the Stargirl show. Like right. those are characters that are borrowing from that storyline of that legacy story. Yes. Yeah, because some of the stuff that happens in Crisis leads to there being, um, you know, a call for other characters or some characters that were in Infinity Inc. don't survive Crisis, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. But um, yeah, the, the, I was going to bring up Stargirl because Stargirl is definitely a place of, um, especially to the JSA, the idea that, you know, there was these characters in the 40s or earlier or later, depending on who all survived, um, being a team and then, you know, much, much later. We have, you know, uh, Courtney and, and the rest of the kids taking up the legacies of these other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this, like you said, that's straight out of Infinity Inc. Because right. that's where a lot of those characters first either first um, appeared or, um, like I said, in Crisis, some of them appear there. But it's, it's one of those things where it's right around the same time. But a lot of that stuff, again, gets shifted around because of what happens in Crisis. <laughs> right. You know. There was a lot of trying to figure out what exactly worked and what exactly existed and what exactly didn't work in order for those books to continue or not continue as it were. Yeah. And then, and then Marvel's approach was always a little different than DC. Like you said, in Silver Age, they didn't decide to make the connection between the human torches, the two human torches, not in the way that DC did with Barry and Jake Garrick. But then you do start to get a little legacy creeping in. Like, like, um, I mean, one of the earliest ones I can think of personally is, Scott Lang mm-hmm. right. taking yeah. up the mantle of Ant-Man. Whereas, I mean, right. the story, like it's, it's, his comic story is it's similar to the movie story, uh, different, different motivation, but, uh, he steals the Ant-Man suit from Hank Pym in the comic right. to save his daughter's mm-hmm. life. Cause his daughter, his child his his young daughter is, is terminally ill and being basically held hostage. Uh, and, well, not terminally ill, but <laughs> is in his seriously ill. And being held right. hostage, and and he sees like he needs they, the the criminals tell him to get the Ant Man suit, so he he robs the suit, and that was like one of the first Marvel instances I can think of of a real legacy of somebody else like taking on a full identity and being like I'm Ant Man now, and being right. like I'm that yeah. character now, mm-hmm. and I think that was late seventies. Yeah, I believe so. I believe it's right. Around He's there. one of my favorite instances when it comes to the Marvel versions. He's mm. like, there's just uh, I I I like kind of for lack of a better term i like kind of like the shock value of that that we right. got like we got we got kind of a a, a guy with a checkered past yeah that's that's becoming a hero and i like that it's becoming that you get simultaneously like living up to the legacy but it's also uh a redemption story for him mm-hmm. also you know yeah he's definitely carving like it, for, that character is not follow the same sort of path that hank pym does Right. And sort of carves, carves, sort of carves out his own niche about what he's going to mm. do once yeah. he gets the actual suit, which I always like too. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice that he's not just a carbon copy of the previous hero. Like right. He's doing it right. differently. Think, yeah. He's got different reasons for doing it. He's a different guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think that's important. When Much it comes more to- of an everyman quality to it too. Like he's, uh, I, I think, I think it is done really well in the MCU. I think it translates very, very well to it. And, you know, uh, like, like I was saying, I thought one of the interesting things was because, like I said, I always asso- I was associated legacy with DC a lot, but it was I thought it was really cool that it was the one edge I think DC had for the films that Marvel didn't have. And then it was like Ant-Man came out. I'm like, man, I'm like <laughs> Marvel, Marvel beat even beat yeah. Marvel beat DC <laughs> to legacy even on right. the screen. Like, you know, 
Well, um, I think some of that had to do with having a cohesive, successful plan. They were around yeah. long enough with a consistent track record to get to Legacy. And right. unfortunately, yeah. DC cinema has not gotten there yet. And, and, well. it's, and it's effective, even in a sense, it's not, it's not like, right, we don't see michael douglas ant-man and other stuff like like it's all introduced within that same movie like you get the whole concept you get you get the legacy aspect and the current guy like all introduced at the same time and and it and it works i think you know there is that sense of history that comes along with it that they're able to sort of accomplish like very quickly you know but to me i like to say i attribute that type of connection to edgar wright on in Mm. which it was his screenplay or his script that incorporates it well as to fix that gaping hole that was created by the MCU and not having um, mm-hmm. Henry Pym as a um, you know, starting member of the Avengers. Right, but, right. Um, DC does do it, but they do it to me in a way that I didn't think they did it with um, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. When they bring the character out, it's mentioned that you're not the first to have the power of Shazam, which is true. Right. Right. You can right. you argue to think that Black Adam was the first incarnation of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh in that in that instance, you know, it's no similar mm-hmm. than Dr. Light to have uh your predecessor be evil and you trying to um correct that, you know, that mistake. So, yeah. DC does it subtly, but I don't think they did it on purpose because no, no one really thinks about Black Adam as being the um predecessor to captain marvel right right and we'll see when that movie comes out too but yeah i agree with you i think i think typically i feel like dc kind of in the movies at least kind of throw stuff against the wall and then it's sort of like okay like maybe like this this is this is a nugget that a director later will pick up and kind of run with right right hopefully maybe we'll see and they did make their own legacy in in the suicide squad with Ratcatcher Mm 2 so that was an original right right. that was an original legacy character created for the movie that did not previously previously exist in the comics right with a concept of legacy introduced to it so we get we get the actual Ratcatcher introduced but as a retired well as a gone villain by that point i think marvel wise talking mcu i think it's also really effective in black panther which mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, like really, if, yeah. we're, if we're splitting yeah. hairs, it's really like two movies because he comes in in Civil War and you right. see his dad and we know we know his dad is the Black Panther. Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, like it's mentioned, at least in that movie. But mm-hmm. I mean, like we really we get to at least see him in action briefly in in the Black Panther movie, which I think is cool. Right. You know? Right. And I think it's really, really well done. And, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, it looks like it looks like circumstances are going to, like, kind of force the legacy thing even farther along faster than I think that we wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know we exactly don't, what's happening right. with black Panther too, but right. You know, um, it seems to be at least like rumors <laughs> that, that are rumbling around that somebody else is going to pick it up. Right. Um, which is exciting. It was extremely exciting, but sure. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gotten into Kyle Rayner yet, which I'm surprised about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You well, know, to me, Kyle Rayner is part of certain characters that I think believe, are habitually mm-hmm. becoming um legacy characters. I mean like mm-hmm. like the Green Lanterns. Like how many new Green Lanterns have we gotten since Kyle Rayner? Yeah. A lot. We got Simon Bass. Right. Correct? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um Cruz. Cruz. Yep. Right. And now we get um the, oh, there's another there's a black woman who's a Green Lantern. Sojourner, Joe. Yeah, Sojourner. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. 
I think the the cheat that they had with Kyle is the backstory tied to him becoming Green Lantern, where he was the only one in the universe. Right. So 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 it was easy to focus on him. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, whereas now where it's like there's a core again and there's, you know, thousands and thousands of Green Lanterns out there in every sector, right, like in every sector of space. That, like it's such a natural idea to keep like creating new people like so on, on some hand i i get like because it's just easy it, right it's it's an easy thing to do but i'm with you like i feel like that that it's gotten diluted now where it's sort of like there's characters out there i forget you know like like i keep like simon baz like showed up very quickly and was used a lot and then kind of like yeah. you know within a period of a couple of years kind of like like went to the back burner a little bit yeah, it wasn't nearly as prominent, you know, and it wasn't like he was killed off or anything like he's still around. Just like it's just nobody's doing much with him yet, you know, now. Yeah, I kind of think the character was meant to make a bigger splash and didn't for whatever reason. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, like you said, I, I know he's, they, there was a there was a rebirth book with him and, and I believe Jessica Cruz together. But mm -hmm. beyond that, I don't know what else they've done. So, right. Yeah. But then it makes me think about the next thing with legacy characters where. Some characters are more a legacy than their actual standout appearances. Like, mm. um, sorry, sorry to push it the conversation a little bit further, but it makes me think of uh, a Buffy, mm -hmm. in which the character is a legacy character, but for some reason this is the uh, uh, the the best depiction of the legacy characters, like um, Aang in um, Avatar: Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In which there's a a, a long-standing um, generations of the character, and then we get to see one plucked forward, in which they're the most poignant of of their series of legacy. Yeah, it's always interesting mm -hmm. when they try and do the idea of there's a legacy behind the character, but this is your entry character into that legacy. Yes, yes, yeah. Like that's something that happens, you know, fairly frequently. The idea of like you know, like you said, Luffy around uh, Hong. <laughs> Ang. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, right. that's one of those things where, sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. My, I was getting my Shyamalan confused for, for a minute. Right. But well, um, and that's, I mean, and that's a hundred percent T'Challa too. Sure. Also, right. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's him as well. Yeah. I was, um, there was like, like in, you know, in DC also had Connor Hawk, which was another one. Like, you know, he was, he was the green arrow of the nineties that, that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, had his own title that went, you know, I don't know how many issues, 60, possibly even into even into the hundreds. Right. Like, right. I mean, he was he was pretty prevalent in that, you know, was a member of the Justice League uh, right. during Grant Morrison's run and everything like that. And it's another one that just kind of like, you know, when Ollie came back. Right. Um, and, and like there was a period where Connor was still around and was sort of like kind of getting used here and there. But. You know, hasn't really popped up in anything too, too, too much in the last like at least 10 years possibly even 20 you know well they've, they've brought it back recently right and he's in he's in the current well he has been i don't know how, how much he right. is now but he was in the current robin series the one with damien mm -hmm. that's out probably about i think it's like five or six issues in he's right. in that exactly yeah i mean he's so, popped up in the last like two months yeah right recently, essentially yeah, right. right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no I, but i think it's also just the idea that you know we i think we, we're you know with all the stuff that like we're talking about the 90s fairly heavily we de we, you know, if we don't mm -hmm. touch on the idea that you know after let's say um 
I don't know, Death of Superman, I guess is probably mm-hmm. the, the the watermark where basically after that, you know, you have all the stuff with Batman and Bane and then you have Emerald Dawn and, you know, all that stuff and, or uh, was it Emerald Dawn? Is that the one with Hal? Emerald Night. You mean the or Emerald Twilight. Emerald, Emerald, I'm talking yeah, about Emerald Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. I was like, Emerald Dawn's the, the retelling of his origin, right? Right. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah. yeah, that's why I was yeah. thinking like, no, it's Emerald Twilight. But you have Emerald Twilight and you have all these moments where all these, you know, um, all these mainstays characters basically are having like are dying or they're turning evil or they're getting their back broken, you know, that kind of thing. And they had their calls, the, the, the replacements, it's time for the replacements, call it the replacements. Let's see who's going to, who's going to, who's going to take up the mantle. You know, mm-hmm. that was very prevalent in the nineties. So you had a lot more instances where um, characters were replaced, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Superman, Batman, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Flash, um, Wonder Woman for like a, a minute. Right. <laughs> had mm-hmm. Artemis, you know, Artemis step in with the contest. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but this is all. This is pretty prevalent at that point, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Just that, I guess it was just the success of the death of Superman that made them think, well, we could do this, you know. Right, right. And then it was like for for my own reading, it was interesting when New Fifty Two hit and sort of DC was taking, like, like uh, an aggressive stance and like we're kind of we need to streamline everything again. And they were kind of, in in, in my opinion, I think went a little too far throwing out all of their history. And so there was a point where I was not reading a lot of DC at this time, and it was like around that same time, and then a couple of years, like Marvel decides to go like all in. Mm-hmm. on legacy and that's <laughs> right. what like you get you get within a couple of years you get like lady thor right sam wilson's captain america you get <laughs> x23 right. is wolverine um miles comes into the miles morales comes into the main mcu as spider-man right kate bishop hawk hawkeye right yeah, ironheart yeah. like oh, yeah. amadeus cho becomes totally awesome hulk which is one i like i kind of forgot about <laughs> but right. like yeah i mean this is this is all like within a couple of years of of itself in Marvel, and and a lot of this stuff is really really cool, yeah. right? You know, yeah. Those are, so those are talking like 2014, 2015, and some of my favorite uh, Marvel stories mm-hmm. of, of definitely the last decade of, of many recent years, and like Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and, mm-hmm. and the Goddess of Thunder. I love that run. I love that Jason Aaron run. It's great run. Yeah, it's terrific. But yeah, the I mean, for me, it's the, it's it's funny that we again we get that you know we get this basically this explosion of the idea that we need to, you know, there's a lot of cachet and a lot of like Ms. Marvel, like everyone knows Ms. Marvel it was you know from the seventies or whatever that she was part of the Avengers and had her own book. But you know, I don't know if anyone was I don't know if anyone was you know pining away for a new Ms. Marvel title until they created Kamala Khan, right? So yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I don't know how much that was planned. Like, I'm sure I know it was a risk for them to do it the way they did it. Yeah. But mm. but for it to hit as big as it did. Right. I mean, number the number one went through like, what, six printings? Yeah. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is pretty, you know, for a book nowadays is, is incredibly impressive. Right. You know, you just, this doesn't yeah. really happen anymore. So, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting to me when looking at that whole thing and then the fact that that led into Marvel's crisis with Secret Wars by Hickman, by Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where basically they dealt with a lot of like their, you know, <laughs> multiverse. Right. And yeah. then trying to put it all together in one streamlined world or earth or whatever. You know, he lays all that out in, in Avengers over the yeah. course of like th- three it's or four years. Event. It is. A, it's, it's a, a fun, It's a fun event that I, that still, it, you will never convince me otherwise. I think it's completely motivated mm-hmm. by like, I think it's manufactured completely to get Miles Morales in the Marvel universe. And right, like from the ultimate yeah. universe. I, th- no, I, I, th- I think I think that was number one bullet point. I could see that. They're like, we want Miles in the Marvel universe. That makes perfect sense. I don't see like, why it wouldn't you know? be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, you know, I, I totally can see that too. And I, I like what I like about um the way Marvel's doing it now is in DC, you typically had to get like a character getting killed off or a character turning evil. And I like that Marvel just sort of is like, like, we don't care. Like we're going to have X 23 Wolverine as Wolverine. And we're going to have Logan as old man, Logan, like in the same universe. And we're fine with it. You're (laughs) going to have like, Peter is still there as Spider-Man and Miles Morales is there as Spider-Man. And they're both called Spider-Man. And you figure it out. It's not that hard. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> but, but I think it's one of those things where that's, that's supposed, that's, you know, as much as I love crisis and I always, you know, I will always, you know, stand up and say, I love crisis on infinite letters from DC. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that's part of the fun of comics is the idea of, you know, I mean, and again, you look at the MCU stuff that's coming up within the next, you know, out of the Loki show and then what's coming up with, you know, with what if, and then what's coming up in the movies with no way home and, and multiverse of madness. You know, the idea that, no, there's, you know, it's a vast multiverse. You're going to run into various versions of, you know, other characters or yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that, you know, as, as we're we're getting away from legacy stuff, I still think it's cool. The idea that, no, you know, if, if you, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to me when you always have the idea of, I want this to go on because I think the world needs, you know, whatever hero to carry Mm -hmm. on a legacy. Right. That's yeah. ultimately what I think is important. And I think, you know, DC is starting to get back to that in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think they're starting to inch back towards that. Then embrace Marvel's, you know, full, like you said, Marvel's full on because we're getting, you know, we're getting a lot of in the next phase of stuff. We're getting a lot of characters that are legacy characters. Right. Yeah. We've already got Sam. We already got right. Sam stepping up. Yeah. Which is a big right. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an, ent- it's an entire show built around essentially like, like, that decision for him to become Captain America. Right. Right. You know, which is, which is well done. And with also the added complication of not only playing off of Steve's legacy, but then you also introduce Isaiah Bradley's legacy Mm -hmm. simultaneously, like in there as well. And I think, right. And John Walker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a beautifully like for, for whatever it was like six episodes. Right. Yeah. Like the amount that they do in that. Right. Right. And and you get to see just how like conflicted Sam is about it and everything and how like, you know, he's not a super soldier. Right. Yeah. He's a normal guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's <laughs> right. in shape. He's got training, but you know, he's, he's not, he, you know, he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't have a, a procedure that made him into a superhero like Steve Rogers did. Right. Right. You know? But I mean, like we're talking like the next, like beyond what we, like the movies, we have all the multiverse stuff, but we have like legacy characters in, 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 Kamala Khan and then in Ms. Marvel keeping up. We have She-Hulk coming up. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, Love and Thunder, which is another mm-hmm. instance where we're going to, you know, how that, however that's going to play out right. an idea of legacy as well. So I just like the idea that they're doing, you know, when, when I think about what I like about comics and about superheroes in general and that kind of story, I mean, I mean, we'll talk about it more in a bit, but the idea that it extends to other stuff as well. I do mm. think it's really cool that, that, Marvel was not afraid to be like, sure, let's do, let's do all this, you know, yeah. let's do all this legacy stuff to extend our mm. world. What about bad guys as legacy characters? Uh, How does it work? Is it like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surprising you with you guys with it, but I'm just thinking about it. Like, I mean, are there a lot of instances where, where a bad guy is picking up the mantle from somebody else? Cause I think, I think it's kind of like, an interesting avenue that you could see played with, right? right. Like you can get all mm-hmm. the legacy hero stuff in the same themes, but played out differently. Right. 
you know? Well, no, the best example that I came that I researched when was I didn't even think about it, but um, if you guys remember Gargoyles, the whole Hunter's mm-hmm. Moon at Ark, mm-hmm. in which uh, to chronicalize what Demona did in the past and how mm. people took the family mantle as the Hunter of Gargoyles or, or, or the whole thing with what Yokamane is that the name of the right. character in which um, he passed it on to his children and their children as to stop uh, Demona from doing stuff. But to me, that was a great, the best example of I can think of of a, a villain permeating his um, um, legacy through his children and whoever uh, he uh, was a family member from. I don't know if you guys remember right. that or not. Or mm-hmm. no, I do. I, yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects of of the show. Yeah. You know, I for for me when I'm thinking of bad guys as legacy, like I think of very like short instances. I think of instances that that I think, you know, one one where I I think they were hoping it was going to stick around and then nobody did anything with it, and one that I think we might see creep up. Maybe I don't know. One of them was was Nessa, um, in Death and the Maidens, right? Who was another mm-hmm. daughter of Ra- of Raz Al Ghul, Ra's Al Ghul, right? However, right. you want to say it, uh, Raz is correct. <laughs> um, um but you know like there there was a point where like where like Roz was dead in the books yeah. right and i th- and i think meant to be actually dead right, right. not not one of those were like i mean you got the lazarus pits so there's always an out to bring him back <laughs> easily sure. right but i think he was intended to be like no 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 we're clo- we're turning the page on this character and he's got he's, he's got a daughter that's like mm. worse than he is and right. far more sadistic than he is and um right. Yeah, Rachel was most sincerely dead and working to move on, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, she she comes around in this fantastic story called Death and the Maidens and everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. she creeps up in in Arrow yes. and stuff, which was a nice head fake because I think everybody was, was you know, expecting Talia as, right. as, yep. as the build up what they were leading to. And then it's kind of a, you know, you're thrown for a loop a little bit when it's like, Nessa? Huh? Okay. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. For some people, I yeah, know. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so so I think she was intended. She was out there for like, hopefully people are going to like play with this and, and have some fun with it. And yeah. um, I don't think it went as far as they were hoping. And then the other one that kind of jumps to me is is the lady Doc Ock in Spider-Verse. Sure. That was one I was going <laughs> to Which I up. think is awesome. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I hope somebody does some more with it because I think it's awesome and it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I was going to say, like, they've done, a f- Mar- again, Marvel's done a fair amount with that sort of thing where you've got, um, like, the, the Lady Doc Ock, not so much, but I know that there's a, a female Electro right. that they brought mm-hmm. in. Female mm-hmm. uh, Beetle. Yeah. yeah. Beetle yeah. from Superior there's, Falls yeah, of Spider-Man. Beetle's daughter. Right. Mm, right. That's right. Or is she daughter? No, she's Tombstone's daughter, right? I think so. I have to look that up. Yeah, she's Tombstone's daughter that, that becomes the Beetle. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. There was a female scorpion at one point who I think became a hero around mm-hmm. the time that uh, Aranya was introduced into the comics or early 2000s. Mm. White Tiger, because okay. wasn't White Tiger yeah. a villain? And then the daughter yeah. is not a villain. No, I think mm-hmm. um, I have to check, but I thought White Tiger was was a hero. From, was I think. Was the original White Tiger a hero? I just can't remember the stories. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like White Tiger, if I remember correctly, is introduced in the black and white um like Deadly Hands of Kung Fu or something okay. like that that had like Iron, like had rotating stories right. of Iron Fist and him yeah. and, and Shang-Chi. Okay. But mm. I think one of my favorites is um, not, not said outright, but I mean, it's hinted at. I like when you get into season two of Young Justice and you see Calder 
is running around with with Black Manta, mm-hmm. who's his dad, right? And you know, right. and the design aesthetic is very much in line with with what Black Manta looks like, and his uniform has changed, and you know, and and I like that they're kind of like hinting at like, oh, like he's gonna be Black Manta whenever, like at some point, that mantle's gonna get passed down to right. Calder, which I think is which, which I think is very very cool. And then I like yeah. Going forward, I like when you get to season three. I mean, this is one of my fa- absolute favorite things of season three, and I wish that they would spend more time with it. Is you see through like uh, during the time jump that Aqua the uh Calder becomes Aquaman, mm-hmm. you know, like graduates to become the hero, and I love that. And it's one of those things where, like, like for the first time, I'm saying I want more Atlanta stuff because I want to know, like, <laughs> like what happened to Arthur. Like, like right. what happened to, to, to make him pass it on or to give it up? It, you know, like, I just want to know, like, because like, as far as I remember, he's not in season three anywhere. Mm, I don't recall. Right. No, but uh, if you recall, um, he was saying that I think the duties as a king far surpasses him being playing. able to be at, playing Aquaman, which makes yeah, playing super hell, right. Yeah. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. If yeah. you think of how vast Atlantis would be. I want to know what that means, though. Also, you know what I mean? I just I just like I hope that we get to see that, you know, somewhere, which, you know, knowing the Young Justice universe, that'll be in a comic book someplace or something, you know. Right. But that's one of my favorites. One of the things I always liked about the, the Calder and uh, Black Manta bit was it was very for, for me, it was very um, Luke and Vader. Mm-hmm. The idea of yeah, like just yeah. A, yeah, the, from an aesthetic point of, you know, this is what if Luke had thrown like, you know, when he makes the, the offer. Right. You know, rule everything mm-hmm. with me. You know, this is what what it might have looked like. <laughs> the two of them together. Yeah, it's a great but, bit. That's a, that's that's some of the strongest stuff I think I think with um with his character a lot is is that that Black Manta stuff. Right. But yeah, there, but getting back to I was going real quick. Getting back to mm-hmm. Star Girl, there's a there's a, a an undercurrent in season 2 and I don't want to ruin anything for anyone who hasn't got caught up. But there's definitely the idea of that just because, you know, the the JSA was a legacy doesn't mean like the other side, the other side of the coin, the villains can't do the exact same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that in play as well. And it works that way as well as in like in the comics with when in Infinity Inc. and stuff that a lot of times you do have, you know, a relative or, a, you know, a son or someone stepping into that villain role too. So that's what someplace that mm-hmm. definitely was, you know, and it's just, I'm bringing it up because it's, it's being reflected heavily in the show right now. Right. So. Like, a, right. like a new generation of heroes also means a new generation of villains in many Correct. cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. absolutely. I always love too for me that, that Robin is becoming a little bit more of a, of a legacy thing more than Batman is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's been, um, recent things with like future future state and stuff like that which i haven't read a whole lot of just yet so i know that somebody else is running around as batman now right. uh in 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 those in that storyline but i i do i think that it it's kind of neat as you get the bat family getting bigger i like kind of the elegance of 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 i like that robin's like a hand-me-down that mm-hmm. like like this this is this is this is what you guys all like what you're all going to do, like what you're going to put on. This is the aesthetic and everything. This is sort of like the mantle that you're going to carry as you're sort of learning the ropes. And then at some point you're going to graduate to something, you know, to your own, and then you're Mm going to pass it down to the person behind you. And I, I I like that it's become that over the years and, and like way more than, than, than Batman, which I think a lot of the attempts for Batman to, 
become a legacy stuff like they don't they, like none of it sticks right right you know mm-hmm. you know i love the dick grayson as batman stuff but it's like but you know it's like i think i i think i think the nightwing persona is too charismatic <laughs> right. like we like him too much as nightwing that like honestly seeing him as batman is kind of a is kind of a letdown a little bit sometimes you know what i mean yeah i think it goes for me it always goes back to the idea of um in Morrison's Batman, I'm sorry, in Morrison's JLA, there's a point where um, there's a future story where the Joker's running around and, and, and Tim is Batman at that mm. point. You know, right. and the Joker, the Joker makes an offhanded comment about, you know, you know, anyone who basically, anyone besides Bruce looks like they're wearing their daddy's pants. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. that they just don't, they just can't fill his shoes at all. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work. And I agree with you. They don't, you know, there hasn't been a real serious attempt, I don't think, in a while. I mean, maybe this, this, the future state stuff may be the closest thing to it. The idea that someone else could do it. Right. Right. You know, yeah. that's the thing I, that I feel like a lot of times is, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone, I mean, again, thinking back to the nineties and, 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 and Bane and, and, you know, Batman and what happens in that story. And then the fact that, uh, you have Azrael, you know, step up. <laughs> right. <laughs> That one didn't work out. No, you've got like the bat, you have like the bat train. I mean, but again, I don't think that, I don't know if they, I don't know how seriously they were, you know, I've never like, unlike with death of Superman where they had a plan and they, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they came up with an idea of like, we're going to have these four Superman. And then, you know, one of them, you know, we're trying to figure out who's Superman. And then I don't know how, I don't know how I've never seen it documented, at least for me, the idea of how serious they were about Jean-Paul Valli being Batman. Right. Yeah. Right. Or even later on, like when Jim Gordon, when Jim Gordon became Batman too. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, right. which, which I that, forgot about that. That. You're screamed, right. that screamed like this is six months. Right. This right. is a year. Yeah. Sure. That was not you know, sure. That was not made to last. Mm. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, for the Robins, it's, it's funny. Cause it, I feel like Robin has become like superhero prep school. Right. It's people being prepared for something else now, which I love. Like, I love that aspect right. about yeah. it, but it's, it's kind of like, like ever since Robin, you know, promoted himself ever since Dick Grayson, you know, basically said he graduated and he's like, I'm my own superhero now. Like it has become like all of the rest of them, you know, they pass through, they come from being like, you know, uh, like middle school version superhero or then do mm. this, then go to a superhero or they're recruited like Jason Todd was um, and, and Tim Drake was just somebody mm-hmm. that, that Bruce Wayne sees that they have the need for it, the need for that role and ability to do it. But yeah, like now so many people pass through it. Like Stephanie Brown started as spoiler, then Robin and then Batgirl. Yeah. Right. Like everyone yeah. it's, it's like uh it's like, college it's like superhero college yeah. <laughs> for these kids Batgirl right. was the one Batgirl is the one that i that i wish would become the same thing because there was barbara who went on to become oracle and mm-hmm. and yeah and it's like stephanie was one of my favorite runs as batgirl yeah that's yeah. fun stuff um and then of course cassandra like we're glossing over cassandra right. but i like that cassandra was it in between and then went on like she became black bat i mean she's orphan now but mm-hmm. you know but there was before before new 52 and her reintroduction in batman e- eternal Right. Yeah. Batman Eternal. Like she was she was Black Bat. And I wish that Batgirl was kind of becoming the same thing for the Robin, Um, which which is, you know, like I said, it's just something I love. And and as far as like the future state stuff goes, I think what's confusing to me is I don't know. I don't know, like, like how serious DC is about, like, making it 
uh, a, a status quo thing or if it's just sort of like, you know, uh, not a, you know what I mean? But it's just sort of like, like a big event piece that we're mm-hmm. just going to build a lot of books around and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So maybe that stuff's going to, going to have some lasting effect, but you know, time will tell. I think for that, for that matter, like, so in that respect, I think kind of the most successful version of Batman as legacy is Terry mm-hmm. and True. Batman beyond. And I think, and I think again, like the sense of time, I think is crucial about this. I think the fact that it's so far in the future that you know, you have, you have an understanding of, of like why Bruce can't do it. You're just looking at him and you're like, mm-hmm. he's too old. And it's also far enough into the future that you've aged out like any of the beloved bat family characters that are also kind of like too old to really do it. Right. Right. You know, and it's just sort of like, it just makes a natural fit to, to, for, for us to accept this, this new character who's also, you know, he's not going to do it. Like Clifton was saying, he's not going to do it the way that Bruce did it. Not at all. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I do, not I the same set of skills. No, I mean, but talk, I mean, but, right, exactly. Not at all. But it's one of those things where I do think it's interesting that you know we we look at again. We're talking about um, you know you have characters that come into being Robin and they 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 sort of like get their feet wet or they get their on the job training and then they move on. Another one that I always thought was interesting, and we'll come back to Terry was was the idea of of was it Duke, oh, the one that Duke was Thomas. Yeah, that ends up becoming the signal. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was one that was interesting. Like he's only Robin for a very short time. And then immediately yeah. it's like, I'm going to be this, this other thing. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, it was that, that to me, especially with the fact that the way that they're doing the new front, the, 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 was it infinite frontier stuff? Is that what we're on? Is yeah. that the latest? And the fact that we have a different Batman, but it's not him. It's, it's a totally different yeah. character that was sort of part of the bat family, but sort of not part of the bat family. But yeah, I, I, I think, I think the signal persona was rushed. Yeah. I think I I would I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more time as Robin. I think that that would have been a nice telling, like also like um, maturation of the character to see Damien give up the Robin mantle for mm. Duke to be like, OK, right. it's your time. And now I'm going to go on and, and be my own thing. Right. You know, for me. Yeah. Because I mean, he he's created and becomes a signal so fast. Right. Well, that's my point. Yeah, that's my whole thing. It's yeah. like, I think it's, it's really, he's very much on the fast track of like, I don't need to be Robin. <laughs> yeah. Like I could do this other thing. I don't, you know, I, I don't even, I don't think there's even like a, a lengthy run of the two of them together. Right. It happens so fast. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. getting back to Terry, yeah, Terry is very much that, that like you said, everyone's aged out um, or dead, um, right. <laughs> you know, that can't be, can't possibly do it. And when Terry is, is with, you know, becomes, becomes Batman, it's, it's a completely, again, it's, I think it's more of the, I think honestly, it's the purest Batman legacy thing we've ever gotten. Yeah. Because he, because he really just takes the name (laughs) for the most part and then does what he, like the whole thing beyond that, not to, not to make the pun, but Mm. is he does, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, this ain't your, you know, this ain't your, your, your grandpa's Batman fanboy. It's like that whole feeling of. Yeah, we have bat like, and, and again, they've talked about it in interviews and stuff. When I say they, I mean like the creators behind it. The idea that they didn't want to do, you know, Joker Beyond, even though they eventually do, and they don't want to <laughs> do like Mr. Right. Freeze Beyond, even though they sort of do. It's a good episode, right. though. It's it a great a episode. episode. <laughs> it's a f- yeah. yeah, it's great. Um, they don't want to do like Penguin Beyond, mm-hmm. but they don't want to do all that stuff strictly so that Bat, you know, Terry can basically stand on his own two feet as Batman. And as much as I push, like, I think that in a way I wanted more of that stuff and we get it towards the end, 
I'm mm. kind of glad they didn't because you do get a lot of characters that are strictly Terry's villains. Right. Or, yeah. or there are characters that are strictly for that, that, that era of Batman stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think when you're creating legacy, I think it's always cool to have, you know, um, well, like, like I said, Wally go up against the rogues, but at the same time, I liked mm. that we got, you know, tar pit or peekaboo or, you know, girder or yeah. any of those characters that, you know, that were basically char- characters that, that came out of, you know, Wally's time as the flash. I, I think, I think that there's a, a blend is nice, right. To yeah. get, to get kind of the old guard that knew the previous one. And also, right. Like I, the, the, the vagueness of Batman beyond I enjoy, I enjoy right. as an audience member, right. Because it's that it's, it's that whole, you know, like the future in the Terminator, like before we actually saw it, like you just see it in glimpses and it's sort of like, you know, like you, you, you wonder what happened to Two-Face and you wonder what happened to the Riddler and are they, are they dead? Are they still out there somewhere? Right. Like mm-hmm. what's their, their tragic ending or did they re- rehabilitate, you know? And, right. and I like, I like that they, the creators were disciplined enough to sort of like, you know, even though we're joking around about it where we did get like Mr. Freeze and we got Rache and we did get Joker, but like, really like, that's it. You know, we see a glimpse of Bane of Bane's fate, but like, really, that's it. And in all other instances, like we don't get Mad Hatter, we don't get, you know, Poison Ivy, you know, you know, and it's like, and and as a result, you do get like Shriek and Bloodsport and Spellbinder and all these other like cool villains that like Mm. that are Terry's bad guys, which is neat. Um, Are there like, so are there any instances of, of legacy characters that you can think of where you think the successor outshined the original? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Like who? Uh, uh, Michael Holt, Mister Terrific. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Good one. I forget his legacy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know I, I was completely. Like, I mean, Terry Sloan is 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 a Mister you know was Mister Terrific and it's fair play and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But really, I mean, to spoil a forty year old story, I mean, honestly, like, oh, he's one of those characters that comes out of the golden age of comics that does it was part of the JSA that nobody did anything with. Like he's not mm-hmm. like he's not he's not like you know, uh, uh, Alan Scott or or, or uh, Jay Garrick or Wildcat or, or you know any of those guys. He's not he's not he's a, he's a member, but it's not somebody that anybody really used. And then he's in a JLA JSA cross, crossover, and he's the victim of a murder. So it's it's kind of like mm-hmm. beyond that, nobody's you know. There's no nostalgic. Oh, I remember the time Terry Sloan. You know, there's none of those kind of stories. So for Michael Sloan to or Michael Holt to be the new uh, Mr. Terrific, I, mm-hmm. I think that character basically took on a life of his own and then definitely became like, I think, I don't think any, like you said, no one really remembers that there was a Mr. Terrific before. Right. Right. The version that we know now. Yeah. Anybody else out there? Tommy Clifton, what do you guys think? No, I can't even think of anybody. <laughs> I can't even think of okay. anybody that eclipses on that level. Um, I mean, one, this is kind of a weird way to come about it, but because I like, the character a lot, but I like all the characters involved here a lot, but I would say uh, Kamala Khan as Ms. Marvel. Yeah, it's not that uh-huh. I didn't like yeah. Carol Danvers. Like I like Carol Danvers fine as Captain Marvel, but for some reason I just did not connect with the Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel character. Like <laughs> those stories. I don't know why I just, I like, but I, I like her fine as Captain Marvel. And I just, and I like that they've made a new, a completely new thing out of, out of the Ms. Marvel character. Well, right. I think, I think, you know, I'm not speaking for you, I'm speaking for me, but with, for me, when I think about Carol Danvers, so many of her stories are, um, you know, Carol Danvers gets a short end of the stick, mm-hmm. 
Or a lot mm-hmm. of times she's the victim of of, of terrible writing. Yeah, like that that right. some of that Claremont stuff in the seventies is is tra- is problematic yeah. and tragic. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> yes. So I mean, it's one of those things. You know, it's 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 a lot of the stuff that they do to that character is just awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and then it's one of those things where both in. I mean, some people say. I mean, obviously, the Avengers stuff I think is way worse. I mean, you know, and then her own stuff by like I said by Claremont that that basically sort of gets retconned or sort of gets we don't ever see it in her own book it happens kind of off panel for right. a long time yeah even up to the point of like you know no one ever really thinks about this but when the x-men invite rogue to join the team <laughs> you know carol's have been all through them with sp- in space with the with the group and it's right. just kind of like i can't believe you're you know you're basically taking in you know this this villain into yeah. to the, the the mansion right you know but there's a lot of stuff with that that, that i know for me it's hard i love the character but it's hard for me to reconcile all that stuff just because it's you know she just she just you know you know, they, they, they kick her around for a good long time. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, that is a big part of it for me too. So I think what I like is that like Carol Danvers, I like the leg. I like that she takes the legacy of Captain Marvel. I do like that mm-hmm, because right. she had a connection to the, to the original Marvel character. So I like right. that they move her up and then I like that they basically create a whole new Ms. Marvel, like thing to have associations with that isn't, that stuff that I did right, not connect right. with that, that Frank was talking about. That's what I like about this. What I also like about Kamala Khan is the fact that she's, um, she's, she's a fan. Like she's a fan of Carol's mm-hmm. like, which is one of the things where like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like we said, I don't know anybody who was like, Oh yeah, Carol Danvers is my character. And I'm like, well, your character gets the crap kicked out of her <laughs> by her, you know, by writer after writer right. in the company for a long, long time that character you know she's a big fan it's part of the reason why she takes the name is she wants to you know honor the legacy of yeah you know which i thought was an interesting again an interesting take Mm -hmm. so yeah right so what about the reverse then are there any characters out there that that you think the original so far at least has always outshined the successor or any attempt to bring in sort of a like a you know a version two or a protege or i don't think they've managed very well to get a new Dr. Fate. Okay. <laughs> like, like DC tries okay. an awful lot to give somebody that helmet. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is an easy one. You can just stick that helmet on anybody and you got a new Dr. Fate. So it's an easy gimmick to pull. Right. Um, D Matias does a pretty good job but at the same time. It's, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's Kent Nelson is a character in the book. I mean, this mm-hmm. is right around, this is, I mean, this is like the early, like 89, eight ninety. This is 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Does a pretty, it's a pretty, I wish it was collected. It's a pretty fun run of books. But, mm. um, you know, at one point, Dr. Fate's a female, you know, in, in that run. Um, yeah, that's right. And it's I thought you were talking about the, the, the most recent attempt, too, the one that Levitz was working on and whatever that was, 2015, 2016. I haven't read that you one, and, 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 and people mm-hmm. speculate that might be what we're getting in Black Adam, and I don't know if that's what we are mm-hmm. getting or not. And if that is, then that's great. But it's one of those mm-hmm. things where I just feel like they can't settle on... I mean, there was there was Fate, which was came out of like zero hour where you had, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, fate had an onk tattooed on his face and had and melted down the helmet to like being a, a knife and some other stuff, or like an act, like these weapons that turned the, the, the weapon, the, the helm of fate into it, like melted down, turned into weapons and stuff. Right. I just think it's one of those where they just can't seem to find the right fit, you know, figuratively right. and literally they can't seem to find the right fit for that character. And I think it's one of those things where I'd like to see that happen, but they haven't done it yet. I think back to Gotham Central and and I don't think he was intended to be like really a legacy character, but it's kind of a cheat. But I think Jim Gordon 
right? When that when you know it's funny because we talk about Gotham Central a lot, and it's an awesome set of books. But like Jordan, uh, Jim Gordon's not commissioner in those books. Mm-hmm. It was at a time it was it was at a time post officer down where he's re- he's retiring from the force for health reasons after he's been shot. And so there's there Michael Akins is commissioner of the Gotham Police Department, and mm-hmm. I like Akins a lot. I love his character a lot, but I think like Jim Gordon's so beloved. Right. And it's it's and I think I think it's a lesson in and it was it wasn't like they killed off Jim Gordon like he was right. around right still. And and I think it's a lesson in like if the character's going to stay around. It's hard to accept. It's hard for readers to accept just like, OK, well, he's not there. Like, I feel like that there's got to be some plan for like what the next chapter is going to be. Mm-hmm. If 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 we're going to try and turn the page and try and put sure. somebody else in that position, because I just got the sense that there were so many creators out there and so many people that were like, like, just couldn't wait to write Jim Gordon back. Right. Right. Well, because mean, it was I, so it was so familiar. And I think that people didn't know, like, offhand, like what that dynamic of like Batman and Akins on the roof with the back signal was going to be because it, like there, there just wasn't enough time with it yet. Right. You know, well, I mean, that's why, again, I think we get back to the idea of, of Batman Beyond and the idea that, you know, yes, we turn the page, but we don't really turn the page. Right. I mean, we do. I mean, it's, it's a different commissioner, but it's still a commissioner. Gordon, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, which is exactly. not a bad thing, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. It mm-hmm. was a cool idea and I like it. But it's also one of those things of, you know, in a way, I kind of wish we had gotten, you know, you know. <laughs> commissioner beyond <laughs> in a way right right yeah yeah. Mm. you know to have that be something that 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 was wholly and solely terry's as opposed to a tie back to to you know to bruce's time right all right so we'll we'll start getting ready to to wrap up we'll touch upon you know other media first really quickly just like legacy in in any instances of of where we see it on movies and television and stuff like that we lumped all the superhero stuff even mcu and cartoons for superhero stuff, we lumped it in with the comics because, like, for us, we all kind of see it as the same. But is there anything out there that, that you know, Tommy, you brought up Airbender, which I think is a great one, right? Because mm-hmm. it's got legacy built into the concept. Right. Right. What else is out there? One that's been long running that I'm a fan of is Doctor Who. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. approaches it in an interesting way where it's always the same. Like, it, it combines being a same character that just keeps going and legacy. Uh, so you basically have completely different personalities and different okay. people filling the roles. So every time, you know, I mean, I don't know how much y'all know about Dr. Who, but he, he regenerates. And when he regenerates almost all the time, except for once when he regenerates, mm-hmm. he becomes a completely different person. Like that's when they would change actors. And so now like the, the new ones aren't expected to act like the old ones. They're expected to come up with their own new character that is kind of connected to the old one, but like now it's their take on it. And they have like carte blanche right. to, to create like a new character out of this, in this position and in this situation. And, and I think it's, it's a, it's a fascinating approach to legacy too. And that like, there's always like an undercurrent of, of stuff that's story that's always there of character elements. that's always there. And then, Every like the shell around it is completely different every time. Yeah, I like that aspect. I think that's a fascinating aspect. It seems yeah seems liberating as an actor to be like mm-hmm. like kind of fun to play. Like what what little 
flourishes can I add that's sort of like a wink and a nod to what came before while at the same time not doing like for some stupid reason I came up with face off I just like, just like like the, the John Woo movie because I remember I remember like all the interviews of Travolta and Nick Cage talking about like they were deciding on like mannerisms for 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 the good guy right. and, and for the bad guy to match yeah. and really like bad guys got this walk and stuff and so for not to have to like watch right basically tape of doctor who and be like okay he does this in this situation so now i have to right, right, right. Like, <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's fun that's a good that's yeah. a good idea i think any other ones out there the only one that i was going to mention and it's definitely it's more so with the with the with the first incarnation of it than anything else would be for me is 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 tng star trek next generation right oh yeah duh that's a good one <laughs> It's very much the idea of like, you know, there's this stuff, there's the Federation, all the stuff set up in the 60s show. And then very much so the next one, the the one with Picard and, and the and the next Enterprise that's, you know, set in the future is very mm-hmm. much a legacy thing, right? It's very much the idea that um, all the stuff that happened in the first show has happened. It's all, right. you know, it's part, all part mm-hmm. of, you know, canon and legacy and all that stuff. But, you know, the, the, the missions of the Enterprise have continued and Picard's the new captain. And it is still the Enterprise. It's still right. technically the same commission. <laughs> yes. Right. So that that to me is one that I, that I always, you know, I, and, and since then, obviously, it's spun off into a million other places, but, you know, books and comics and more shows and, you know, animation and all that stuff, which is great. But at the same time, I, well, that's when I, when I, like, I really like, oh, yeah, that's clearly a, a continuation of something that came, you know, what, 20, yeah. 25 years beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. I forget about that one sometimes, but yeah, it's, yeah. um, I love TNG. Yeah, yeah of course. Probably, that's probably why it's because like, I think Star <laughs> Trek, like that's, that's in my head is, is like the default even more yeah. than Kirk and Spock. Unfortunately, yeah. sorry, everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I mean, TNG is the one I grew up on. So it's mine. Sure. Right. It's yeah. understandable. I totally get that. I'm just saying yeah. it's one of those things where like, oh yeah, but there was all this stuff that happened, you know, <laughs> prior to that. So. Yeah. All right, so we'll start closing out with uh, we'll we'll each name a character that we would like to see become a legacy character. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any topic ideas, send them to the show either on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L.M.K.H.I.I. All right. Let's go first. Legacy character we want to see. I go first. Okay, James Bond. (laughs) Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, we got James Bond Jr., right? Yeah, thank you, James <laughs> Bond yeah, Jr. That thing was wildly successful and pulled from Ian Fleming himself on creating the legacy for the character. It's we've seen mm-hmm. it done in Kingsman. It it can happen. There's nothing mm-hmm. that um that suggests that it can happen. Um, it takes right. away the idea of uh, to me the whole. As much as we talked about legacy characters, the one thing that I think we didn't delve full enough, that's because time constraints and just the this, the theory of how well it works. Everybody ideally loves a character based upon how they grew up. But the hardest yeah. part is showing your kids how that's cool in an era they never knew about. So right. either you retcon the original concept of this character and and dump on what you grew up on just to sacrifice it for your kids or show mm-hmm. another iteration of the character that models this time and there's no right. and i don't see how that does not work for james bond because 
Guess what? <laughs> Out of the Cold War, it's hard to establish why spy works in today's society without changing the concept of James Bond. Let him mm. be a junior. It works. People love that <laughs> right. that crazy cartoon. But to act like it did, it wasn't successful. It didn't work. It didn't have a ton of merch that that made it money. Let it happen. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I can see the the the. Um, I can see the. Obviously, the the creative uh, way to do it, right? It's, you know, and especially the fact that he's been played by six actors, right? And there is a desire to sort of, like, explain why he looks different in all these movies, right? Like, we want them all to count. And it's like, for me, like, I don't, I just don't need an explanation for that. I don't care about somebody else being 007, Mm -hmm. right? I just, like, I don't like the fan theory that says, like, oh, that James Bond is the code name. Right, like yeah. I'm like no, like I don't, I don't need an explanation why why he's blonde now, like <laughs> like I just accept it, like I don't, I, I'm good, you know. Kind of like Han Solo, that whole thing yeah, of explanation yeah, of Solo, yeah, like, exactly, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I I understand that it's there, and and you do, and you raise an awesome point about like yeah, essentially the one you grew up with is the one that you like, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, you know. Cause I said it, I at least four times today, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, you're right. So, all right. Clifton, you want to go next? Yeah. I'm going to go back to comics. Okay. And this is a character I've mentioned before. This is a character that's coming up, uh, about to be a little wider known thanks to Disney plus, And that is moon Knight. <laughs> okay. I think there's room in the story for moon Knight legacy for a couple of reasons. I think it would be fun. One is mm-hmm. that, uh, when Moon Knight, when they when Marvel did the big push to Moon Knight in the got his solo series, and Bill Sienkiewicz has told stories about this, is is they were really trying to capitalize on uh, Neil Adams' Batman, like the the demon mm-hmm. that that type of Batman where you got like Batman in the desert, like swashbuckling, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's what they were chasing. That's what they were chasing mm-hmm. with some of the early Moon Knight stuff to the point that they got Sienkiewicz because he could draw like Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. But then he became Sienkiewicz and started drawing not like Neil Adams and, and creating the Sienkiewicz art that we all love and taking Moon Knight to a completely different place that was not where right. Marvel intended it to go or thought it would go. But uh, I think it would be fun like if he had a legacy kind of like a Robin just to play off of that initial desire from, from Marvel to chase that, that era of Batman, the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams Batman era. Mm. And and the other thing is, like, in his story, I think it just works no matter how you interpret Moon Knight's story of, like, Moon Knight was, believes, or was, like, appointed a hero by the Egyptian <laughs> moon god Khonshu. Right. <laughs> so right. either either the god could appoint somebody else a hero, or he could believe mm. they p- appoint somebody else a hero, or somebody else could believe they're appointed a hero. So all, like, you can, there's plenty of room for there to be someone else being like, I'm Moon Knight now in the story and it always works okay no it's a good one that would be fun frank who's yours um i was thinking about this and for me i think the idea that there's no um not i mean granted we get people that try to step up and be the new sorcerer supreme i I think it's interesting that i mean i think it's interesting that as a legacy goes I mean, they toy with it every once in a while like you know uh, no brother voodoo was at one point and there's what if stories like where magic you know, uh, Ilyana steps up and becomes a source supreme. There really hasn't been a, I mean, they're getting ready, you know, in the comics, they're, they're going to quote unquote kill him. 
Um, mm. So it's you know there's that's like the death of of, of Doctor Strange is a, a series or mini series that's coming up or an event. Um, so it's interesting to see who's who's going to take up the mantle. But there's not really a push to be, um, to be that character. And I'm surprised that there has never been a an illegitimate strange kid story. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. at all. There's never been one. Not whether it's with Clay or with anybody else that he's been with throughout you know throughout the time that are in the books. So mm. I, I would I would like to see someone. You know whether it's a a blood relative or someone else that take you know go ahead and take up the mantle and have a new source of supreme for a while. Okay, no, that'd be cool. This was a hard one for me because, mm-hmm. really, honestly, it, it, it was hard thinking of characters that like that never had one, right? Right? Because you know whether or not they stuck. I mean, there's been a lot of attempts where at least somebody's done it for a story. Ooh, but mm-hmm. um, but but before you get into it, Zach, real quick, go on to mm-hmm. Frank's theory the weird part is strange he's part of a legacy true he is yeah. and we never get the mark well we do seldomly in sprinkles but we never get right. mm. other than the ancient one or um what's the thing around his neck the agamotto oh, agamotto, yeah, agamotto. agamotto yeah. is one as well but we never mm. get the inkling that he comes from a legacy of Sources Supremes. That's all. Right. Mm. The only thing that we get to is like in in Jim Valentino's Guardians of the Galaxy, the one that's yes. not the the one that that is in the movies. Mm-hmm. There is a and the the character shows up in Guardians Two at the end. He's part of like I believe he's part of Salone's, you know, little group with Martin X and some of the other characters. Um, that dragon, red dragon, worm looking, snake looking thing. I can't remember the character's name, but in Jim Valentino's run, he is the Source of Supreme, like in the thousand years in, in the, the future. future. So, yeah, in the future. Yeah, so that's the only place that we've really gotten. Like, you know, I know at one point, like Rintra, like was like the 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 Minotaur type character. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that was sort of like being teased as being the character that's going to become the Source of Supreme. But again, it doesn't really happen all that often. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. So you know, it was hard to think of a lot of instances where like somebody's not had one, but um, I landed on Professor X. You know. Hmm. Even though there have been instances where like somebody else is taken over as headmaster of the school, but I'm approaching it more from like, like who would take over like as the, as the activist component of the character that that I feel like we see less and less over the years, right? Like who would mm-hmm. be out there talking mutant rights? That's sort of like the pillar of leadership, you know. I and I just you. thought I just think that would be kind of neat to see somebody, um. You know, if if the name Professor X <laughs> became sort of a legacy <laughs> character, you know, right? So that's that's that was the one I ended up landing on, which I, I think would be kind of cool. I like that. So anyway, so we want to hear what you guys have to say about legacy characters. Hit us up in the comments or on Twitter. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you guys next time. 